Wasting time sitting on the dock of the bay. You California love you like Pac and Dre. I'm on my grind and your grind. I'm bubbling true. And like Shalimar, this is for the lover in you. Greetings and salutations, everybody. It's your girl, Jackie Ray. I am so, so happy to be back. We took such a long hiatus, but you know, life happens, but we are back fully reloaded. So welcome to the first episode of the all new revamp at the half with your girl, Jackie Ray. Make sure you follow me on all things social media at Fanatic. We have so much to talk about. I know we are starting this new revamped podcast at the end of the NFL season, but that's okay because you know what? We're not just going to talk about sports around here. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. So make sure you hang out before that. We got um, Tanir. It's coming up. If you guys have ever seen me on After Buzz, you know comedian extraordinaire Tanir. He is funny. He's going to come in here and tell us what we're not going to do, but I'm also going to talk about Jason Garrett, Conor McGregor, Antonio Brown, and my personal fantasy of either Bronny or Zaire going to an HBCU. I am trying to tell you right now, there is nothing (laughs) that would make me happier than that. But first, I want to talk about really quickly, um, I just want to get into the Conor McGregor fight. Um, When exactly like I thought, obviously a lot quicker than I thought. I definitely thought he was going to beat the Cowboy, but 40 seconds? No, (laughs) did not think that at all. I was definitely surprised by that. And, you know, I'm I'm glad that, you know, pay-per-view has kind of come down in its prices a little bit because back in the day, you know, you would be spending $120 or something like that for that fight and you'd be mad as hell. So I'm glad that that wasn't, you know, too, 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 too expensive. But, and it was a full ticket. So if you actually paid the $69, I think it's $59 if you're on ESPN+. Plus. You got to see a lot of fights. Holly Mahol- Holly Holly Holmes is back. Um, she won by decision. Full full ticket. So it was fun. But again, not surprised that Conor McGregor won that fight. Let me just preface this whole rant by saying I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan. I low-key was the biggest fan in the world of him calling his boys and going and handling Habib when when he acted said some things he wasn't supposed to say. I thought that was the true definition of a ride or die, homie. That being said, um, the number one problem I have with this is the constant long list of things that Conor McGregor has done that would cause anybody else to be in a situation. Um, like I said, for UFC 223, he was out there. He threw chairs and objects onto the bus that caused not only Habib to be injured, but other fighters that couldn't even fight, they had to be removed from their card. So that was a big deal. Um, he hit an old man in the face because he wouldn't drink with him. Um, I don't mean to laugh at that because that's horrible. But if you saw the video, it was, it was, it was comical at best, especially since the old man wasn't really phased by the chin check. But, you know, he hit the old man in the face. Um, he has two sexual assault charges against him. I think the problem I have with this whole thing is we don't care because we just spent the better part of a week. And if you guys watch me on the fumble, we talked about Odell slapping the um, top flight security guy, slapping him in the booty. And it was this big thing. And there were countless comments on that video, mostly from Caucasian people who said that he should be charged fully. He should receive an assault charge or a, or a sexual assault charge or all, all these things. Everybody wanted him charged. Um, 
we've seen um, Gronkowski motorboat a chick on his boat and, oh, it's boys will be boys. Conor McGregor, by all counts, should be a felon. But he sits down with ESPN and says, oh, I've stopped drinking for the last three or four months and we're all rooting for him to win this fight. Um, Y'all still mad at Michael Vick. The man went to prison, paid for his crimes fully and totally, came out, totally turned his life around. His talent was dope. He's a dope analyst. The man, we shouldn't even be talking about any dog situation, but y'all still won't let that man live that down. Not to mention Antonio Brown. Like, look, I'm, I'm not going to say that something's not wrong with Antonio Brown, but I will say we're four years removed from that hit. I know y'all remember that hit where he was out on the field. Now, I don't remember Antonio Brown really behaving erratically before that. If you're a Pittsburgh fan and he was, please feel free to correct me on that. But I don't recall him behaving erratically before that. And even though he's behaving erratically now, he hasn't hurt anybody. He hasn't called any, caused any football players to miss a game. Okay, so yeah, he threw a, a bag of gummy worm dicks at his baby mama. Okay. Yes, he did that. But does that warrant us now saying, oh, he's done in this league. There's no hope for him when clearly we don't say that about white people. And I would just really like, especially if you are Caucasian, let me say this. If you are Caucasian and you have at any point followed me anywhere on social media and said anything negative about Colin Kaepernick, if you said um, that... Antonio Brown is trash and we shouldn't give him another chance. Josh Gordon. Um, if, if you've made allowances, though, for Julian Edelman, Conor McGregor, Gronkowski, when he's motorboating and sexually assaulting chicks, if you talk bad about Zeke and his little titty tap, please tell me the difference. Please tell me how you quantify that, how you say, okay, on one hand, it's boys will be boys. On the other hand, it's the end of the world. Y'all need to send these people to jail because quite frankly, I'm tired of it. It gets on my nerves. But speaking of Antonio Brown, okay, so we know that his agent has um, decided to remove him from his roster. He's no longer going to work with Antonio Brown unless Antonio Brown decides to get help. I have said for the better part of a year that I think Antonio Brown has CTE. I'm not backing down from that. His behavior is not rational. His behavior should cause a normal person who is looking into the situation to wonder what is wrong. Even if you're wondering if maybe he's on drugs or whatever, you should still wonder if something is wrong. I even saw when he did throw the, <laughs> the bag. First of all, where do you get these gummy worm dicks? I ain't never in my life seen gummy worm dicks. <laughs> I didn't even know. That was a thing. The fact that he had them on deck and ready to throw that, I mean, clearly there's something, it's funny, but there's clearly something wrong with the man. But if you haven't seen the video, just go ahead, Google is your friend, you'll find it. But watch the police officer looking at him. We live in a world right now. Now I get it. Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown. The last thing you want to do is be the cop that shot and killed an unarmed Antonio Brown, because that narrative is just, it's going to really exemplify how terrible our police force is. So I get that that's not what you want to do, even though that might be your go-to. Um, but just look at the cop's face when they're looking at him. It's literally a state of confusion. They don't know what's happening. They don't understand why it's happening. And it, none of it makes sense. We go from a man who 
we we've seen videos of him and Ben Roethlisberger having camaraderie. Four years ago, that hit happens, and now he's mad. He's saying that the Steelers are trying to nickel and dime him. He doesn't want to wear this helmet. He has frostbite, even though he's been using those cryo chambers forever. Hashtag no white woman 2020. Then he he's never been with a black woman that I've seen. Then he gets the closest thing to a white woman he can get. Just looks like she went to like AP Spanish class or something. I don't understand what is going on. But I know it is not normal, and I know that this man definitely needs help, so I definitely agree with his agent, but I just don't understand why we're so quick to write him off. It's kind of, you know, to me, it reminds me of the, the crack epidemic versus the opioid epidemic. When black people was out here on crack, it was like, oh, no, they super predators. We need to lock them up. We need to put them in jail for nonviolent drug offenses. The opioid epidemic hits white folks, and it's like, well, you know, they need help. You know, drug addiction is a disease. We shouldn't judge them. We should help them. Y'all, look. (laughs) It's not even funny. It's funny. But it's not funny. But congratulations once again to Conor McGregor. But I do want to get to uh, Cowboy Nation really quickly. And actually, I want to get away from Cowboy Nation because Jason Garrett is now going to be the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants. I think that's a dope thing for Jason Garrett. I know, um, I don't even think Cowboy Nation, if, you, if you're if you a member of Cowboy Nation, you have an opinion about this, let me know. I don't really think Cowboy Nation really cares because I think as a whole, Cowboy Nation wanted Jason Garrett gone. So I, I think that Cowboy Nation is fine with Jason Garrett being gone and I don't think they give a damn where <laughs> he went, rival or not, because I think they would probably have the perception that As horrible as he was in Dallas, he would be in New York. But I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment. Um, He had, you know, he was not good in Dallas. I think he started off with three eight and eight seasons. His best season was, I think, in 2000, was it 14? He had a 12 and four season. And then in 2016, he had 13 and three. And then None of that amounted to anything. None of that amounted to a deep playoff run or a Super Bowl appearance. Um, and then it was right back to eight and eight, you know. So, but here's the thing I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. I don't think we have a clue who Jason Garrett is as a head coach. I think we just don't. I think that now we're seeing him in offensive coordinator position and I think he's going to thrive for a couple of reasons. Number one, He's no longer under the authoritative, dictating hand of Jerry Jones. I think that's a very freeing experience. On top of that, he's no longer the head coach. <laughs> I have been in situations where I've been the head honcho in, in some things, and I have decided to take a step back and be the assistant. And Because it's less stressful, you can focus on your one task. You know, when you're the head coach, you have to worry about what the quarterback's coach is doing, what the offensive coordinator is doing, what is the O-line coach. You have to worry about all of that because it all falls on you, as it should, because these are your people that you're bringing in. So, And I just think that sometimes we forget that Jason Garrett has a history of being under the tutelage of some really dope people. I mean, he was with Sean Payton um, when he was the New York Giants, and they went to the Super Bowl. So he knows something about something. I don't know what it is. I don't know if we have proof of that, but I will say this. The, the Cowboys definitely owe their 
offensive advancement to Kellen Moore. But I also think that Jason Garrett knows that he has something to prove. And I think a man with his chip, a chip on his shoulder and nothing to lose, because you really have nothing to lose. The, the Giants are trash. And so nobody's going to really expect you to come in here and turn things around immediately. There's always going to be a learning curve when you have um, new coaching staff. But he, there's no pressure for him right now, aside from the pressure that he puts on himself. And I think that's the pressure that's going to help him excel, help him succeed on all on all fronts. So I just want to shout him out for that. Um, before we go to break, though, I also want to say one more thing that is not actually on our agenda, but shout out to the WNBA for tripling the salaries of these women who are out there playing their hearts out. Uh, I think it's a dope thing. I don't know if you guys know this, but the WNBA, their travel arrangements were terrible. Sometimes they had to sleep in uh in the airport sometimes they had they had double rooms and if you guys are like me and have sleep problems that person next to you and whatever habits they have is just not it's not a good look <laughs> most of them had to play overseas just to make ends meet so i looked at the wnba salaries and and i'm not even trying to say this in a bragatory way because i am not like that by any means but several wnba players i make more money than I don't think that's how that's supposed to go. You know what I mean? Unless you're a Stephen A. Smith. Like, that makes sense to me. Stephen A. Smith might make more than certain athletes because he's been in the business for 25 years. That makes sense. Um, Shaq probably, definitely makes more than a lot of athletes. That makes sense to me. Jackie Ray? Uh, I mean, sounds good, but doesn't sound right. So I'm really glad that they have changed that. And I, I'm really glad, most importantly, I think that one of the biggest failings aside from the salary was not having that difference. I know that y'all are out on team, no gender roles, but that's not real life. Gender roles are a real thing. Um, cause we as women face an entirely different world than men do. Um, we as black women face an entirely different world as everybody else. And so do black men. But to not have the ability to have a child and get paid your full salary is crazy to me. They changed that. They have also changed some things that if you are a mother in the WNBA, there's going to be allowances for that. It's the WNBA. The W is for women, y'all. So the fact that this came this late in the game is surprising to me, but I am excited because, look, we still in this fight, ladies. We still in this fight. So congratulations to the WNBA. I do hope you guys figure out a way to get more people in the stands, but that's a conversation for another day. But when we gonna, we get back, we're going to talk about talk to Tanir about what we're not going to do. But I do want y'all to check out this commercial from the WX, from the W. Lord, I just put a W in front of everything now because I'm on my girl kick. But it's from the XFL. When I tell y'all I am excited, I don't know if it's because I have lost my passion for the NFL or what. But this commercial, this got me excited, y'all. Check it out. This is showtime with a snarl. This is our time to roar. The LA Wildcats Unleashed. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Tanir Williams. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at TanirW. That's at T-E-N-E-R-E-W. All right. First of all, what's up with that XFL commercial? It's fire! 
are you guys ready for this? This new league? I'm definitely excited. Check out the, uh, well, here in Los Angeles, we got the LA Wildcats. So I'm ready for them to fire off. I think it's going to be a good time. So you guys definitely want to check that out. Um, well, let's get into it, guys. I'm here for my first, I'm excited to be here. Thanks. Uh, shout out to Jackie for having me in uh, to do this segment. My segment is called What We Not Gonna Do. All right. And this basically is going back over the week in sports and all the miscues that happened. I don't know if you guys saw this past week when the Lakers played the Orlando Magic and JaVale McGee. Now, he's made a living off of being on Shaq and a Fool. <laughs> Shaq has picked on this dude all the time. Well, this week, he could have been on there in a major way. When Terrence Ross, let me set this up for you. Terrence Ross on the Orlando Magic decided to come down the lane and was ready to end JaVale McGee's mortal life. <laughs> I mean, this dude blasted off in the key, cocked back, and I was like, oh, Lord. Oh, no. You saw JaVale go up, and you were like, if he does not get this, all of Staples Center is going to burn down because this dude was bringing all of hell with him, as was mentioned by my boy Kurt Russell in the movie Tombstone, as you can see right here. <laughs> if, as you can see in the clip, Terrence goes up, cocks it back. JaVale goes up, gets him, and the whole Laker bench explodes. I, on the other hand, as a former basketball player, actually, I still play. Let's not even say former. Just, you know, 24-hour league. What's up? Shout out to all you guys on the, on the, pickups, on the pickup circuit. Um, but I was happy that he just didn't get, didn't get caught up because it would have been a body count right there. I mean, Terrence was bringing it. JaVale caught him. The Laker bench exploded. Um, but that could have been disastrous <laughs> for JaVale, and which makes me think, for you guys, what are some of the best missed dunks that you've seen? I know earlier this year, John Morant had one where he came down the lane on Kevin Love and the Cavs, and that one looked like that would have just thrown Kevin Love right out the league. Like that was poster material. It still is. If you see some still shots of it or go back and look at the video, I mean, it looks amazing right up until he missed it. But it was one of the best missed dunks you'll ever see. Uh, another one that comes to mind, and this, I don't know if I'm dating myself a little bit, but this is taking it back to Vince Carter. And this is always stuck back, stuck with me. Vince Carter, when he was at North Carolina, he had one of the best college misses I've ever seen. I mean, I, I literally ran out the room because I thought he made it. It was, uh, I believe it was like Jeff McGinnis or someone threw a uh, lob off the backboard. And this dude, Vince Carter, took off like in the key, two hands. And like I said, I was like, oh, no. And I just ran out the room because I was sure this was going to bring down the Dean Dome. And then I came back and he had missed it. But it was against Duke. It was a huge, you know, thing. So let me write in. Let us know what what if, what are some of your favorite miss dunks that looked amazing. Didn't quite complete the complete the uh, posterization, but still looked amazing. So let us know about that. But my first, what we not going to do is get dunked on. Um, my second one for the week is dealing with our friend Antonio Brown. Come on, man. Did you guys see this? Um, here's the Twitter uh, that was uh, posted earlier in the week. First of all, how old are we, Antonio? Let me let me let me talk to you, bro. That's what's really going on, man. I mean, you already in all this trouble. You've been kicked off what two, three NFL teams, and you think this is gonna get you back in the good graces <laughs> of the public or anybody? I'm like, come on. First of all, who's the company that's doing this? I mean, someone just thought one day uh, we gonna make some gummy dicks for people to send out the. What in the? <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> the ridiculousness of this whole situation is just why we're on what we not going to do. So people, what we not going to do, I'm going to advise you, especially if you have that baby mom's girlfriend, wife, even though you think it's funny, please don't be sending nobody no bag of dicks. Okay. Cause that's just, I don't, I don't see how that's going to end well for you guys. All right. So moving on from that, AB, I hope you just get your stuff together, homie, because we really need you back in the NFL and not to be on the sidelines with this kind of nonsense. So no more, no more dick bags, please. I'm sure you guys saw this earlier in the week. Uh, my boy Zion, Zion Williamson of the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, he has yet to step on the court. And of course, you know, when you're a big NBA player and you're a star of that magnitude, cameras are going to be on you. And they caught this dude earlier this week uh, on the bench. Black man fell asleep. Granted, the game was not that exciting going on. But you on the floor, homie. You on the team. I'm going to need you not to have the fluttering, like, Charles Barkley eyes, you know. <laughs> and it was a bad one, you guys. I mean, it was like the head nod, you know. Here we got, I got the video. We got still pictures. It's all over social media. Come on, man. I'm going to need you to suck it up. You an NBA player. You not falling asleep on no bench. I'm not even a player, and if I was had floor seats to a game, no way I'm paying. I mean, no way I'm falling asleep, maybe because I'd be paying too much money to be sitting that close to the action, people falling all on me, but I mean, who knows? Maybe it had a tough night. I don't know who their previous game was. I think they, were they in New York, or maybe it was a tough night. Maybe one of those cities in New York or Miami, that'll get you, and maybe he's learning the NBA ways, but for all those out there, like I said, Zion, can't wait for you to come back, but... Man, they caught you in a bad situation, homie. My final what we not going to do for this week comes with the king, Mr. LeBron James. Now, I'm going to bookend it because my first, my first point was with JaVale McGee, talking about how he uh, blocked Terrence Rods uh, with the Orlando Magic. I'm going to go back to that same game earlier this week against the Magic where our beloved, and you can see right here, I'm Lakers all day. You know what I'm saying? Our beloved LeBron James went up for a dunk, baseline, routine. I mean, how many times do we see LeBron just go in, just mash? This dude went up, met the rim right on the side, and the rim was like, not today, son, not today. And LeBron jammed it right into the side of the rim <laughs> and just got hung. And my first thought was like, first of all, did that really happen? Second of all, when was the last time LeBron got hung on a dunk, like an open dunk? Not like someone fouled him or, you know, I mean, dude was wide open and was just like clang to make matters worse. And really, I thought, man, this this rim is playing some 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 exquisite D. A couple minutes later, our boy Contavious Caldwell Pope coming down on a breakaway. This dude takes off. You're like, oh, he's about to mash. Wham. He gets hung on the rim. I'm like, this rim is ridiculous. This dude's like, I came to play today. He put up the invisible Matumbo finger. Like, what's going on? And what happened? The Lakers actually lost by, <laughs> it actually pains me, but it is funny. The Lakers lost by like, I think like two points or something. <laughs> and that was four right there on hung dunks. People don't even think about that kind of stuff, but that's the realness of the NBA. Sometimes you just, you just don't have it. Now, LeBron James was actually, he was kind of a good sport about it because, I mean, look, it's LeBron James. He's superstar. You know, you see him on the on the sideline, you know, like kind of laughing it up or whatever. People probably like joking about it. But I'll tell you this. I don't know if Kobe would have been. Hey, hey, what we not going to do. Okay. 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 You know what? Okay. You know what? 
Do you, do you see this, Janir? Oh do you, do you, I do. I, I didn't know exactly where to put it. <laughs> I'm going to put him over here right in front of, well, actually, I'm going to put him on the side of here Troy Eggman because there's two people in this life I will fight you over. Man, I'm finding this out right now. You do not talk about no LeBron James. Or? Some Troy Eggman. Okay. As long as we have that established. Woo! I'm just saying. Yeah. You, you had to go there. Yeah. And you had to bring up Kobe. It's your first time I know. on the show. <laughs> I'm such an ungrateful but guest. I'm, like, what? I mean, that's like coming over to somebody's house for a potluck with nothing in your hand. Oh, that's just goodness. wrong. Well, see, and that's the funny thing, because when I saw that, and I'm specifically talking about uh, when he got hung on the rim, mm -hmm. and like I said, people were joking about it afterwards, and I was like... I feel like if Kobe got hung on a rim, like I feel like teammates would be like, oh ha, man, ha, like ha, ha. you know, like almost like head down, like hey, don't talk to him. you know, because he'd be, be mad. Like, yeah, you'd be like Kobe, mm -hmm. like, and he'd be like probably like shut up, you traded. He like, seems right now. cool and a happier guy now, but oh, for definitely sure. when he was playing, he was he did not seem like he was a nice no. person at no. all. But I just want to say really quickly, I'm very glad you're here. I but you know again, what we're not gonna do is talk bad about LeBron in the future. Okay, as long as we got that established, praise Mental God. Mental note God. taken. <laughs> <laughs> you can just know that you might have to right. face my wrath. If you guys don't hear in, it from me anymore, you know way. what happened. It was right. like it was that LeBron comment. Mm. Behind but you guys out. know that you know everywhere I am on social media, especially on the fumble, I've been called a bronze sexual. I actually, whoa, I actually low key like that title. I don't. I know that y'all trying to be offensive, but I find it flattering. That um, is a new term. I've <laughs> yes, not... I am a bronzexual. Wow. I you... mean, if you say it right, it's it's kind of sexy. Okay. <laughs> no, bronze. But um, Next so thing, yeah, he's gonna be on the show. It'd be like, oh, so I, heard. I would have to. I would need some time to pre mentally prepare <laughs> for that, so I wouldn't be like, oh my god, so good. Right. Um, but I do want to talk about really quickly since we're on this LeBron kick, and this is always probably how we're gonna end this show, y'all, because this is going to be my cape hour, but. Um, Bronny and Zaire, Dwayne mm. Wade's son, have yes. both been offered scholarships to HBCUs. I think that this needs to happen. That's, you know what, that, that's so, when I heard about that, and then actually you bringing it up, I, I really think that's a good point because, like you said, all the talent that goes, specifically black talent mm -hmm. that goes to all these, you know, traditionally uh, Division One schools, powers, and I had thought about this even before this really became, th I was like, mm -hmm. man, what if like, you know, all these top uh, McDonald's, all Americans all decided, hey, we go into like Grambling or like, you know, mm -hmm. and just like took like, just like the way they do now, get four, five, six of them. They all mm -hmm. go down and just start running things, you know, and I don't know, like, like you said, the way that the tide would turn on... If they, I mean, if they were legitimately, if people had interest, like, oh, I want right. to go to an HBC, like, that's a destination that I want to go to, uh, go to. I mean, it would be an amazing just turn of events in, in the side of uh, college basketball or, like you said, even if it went over to other college sports, mm -hmm. like football, like you said. Well, that's the thing. Like, and I don't, you know, I don't want to put the weight, this weight on these kids because they're kids. You right. know what I mean? But I do think that when you understand the narrative, like if I was um, Bronnie's mom, I'm so sorry, but you're going to an HBCU, love. That's it. That's what it is. Or you're not going to go to college because what I'm, what we not going to do <laughs> is we not going to send our black kids to these white schools and then totally negate the fact that they need to come get us from us that needs to be the new 
standard of what we are doing. We need to build up our own because like it or not people and this, and it's a long stretching hand, Mm -hmm. you know, like it starts with education. It starts with economics, but like it or not, um, there we black people live in an entirely different world than white people do. It's still disparaging differences mm-hmm. across the board, economically, educationally. You also, and I think about it, like you said, from the economic standpoint of what's the biggest thing with all these, like like you said, the college football plans, the big, uh, I'm sorry, uh, college football programs, big big time basketball is the amount of uh, exposure, TV exactly. money, tournament, and you start saying that people like Zion and all that right. went to an HBCU. The networks are going to be like, well, we, we want to see because you because you're going to want to see then, Zaire, you're going to want to see Bronny. So if they go to an HBCU, that's where you're going. And like here, where I live, they're gentrifying the community. So, and I, I don't. Again, I'm trying not to get too political, but like Howard University has one of the best law programs out there. Mm-hmm. They're literally talking about removing Howard's HBCU classification and making them a Division One. That way, they can have more white people go to this law school. So we have to put safeguards in place. To make sure that our universities that that educate us give us the stronghold and unite us in some way, we have to make sure those are safe. And I think, um, again, I don't want to put this on these kids because they are kids, but I think that you know, since LeBron has inserted himself as sort of this activist, this person who understands what Black people are going through, and he wants to be that person to help, mm-hmm. it's kind of his responsibility more than Dwayne Wade to go to Bronny and be like, because, you know, LeBron had said that Bronny probably wouldn't go to college at all. Mm. So now that this opportunity, but that was before an HPCU scholarship right. came up, you know, so not only, and I get that people are going to feel some type of way, like, well, why in the world would Bronny get a scholarship when his dad got all the, he, his dad owns the NBA right. almost, because that's just how it works. He's still got to go in there and he's still got to work. And so I think that if there's this opportunity for Bronny to go to an HBCU, I think it has right. to happen. Yeah, no, that's a, and, and truth be told, I I didn't attend an HBCU. I, I didn't either, but I wish I did. I definitely had friends uh, who went, and I was I was very similar to you. Uh, went to a predominantly all white school, and it was funny because <laughs> you would always um, just my just quick sidebar. My kind of experience there was. I grew up in a neighborhood. I grew up actually very in a very diverse neighborhood. I grew up around white people. I grew up around black people. Just mostly my my, um, uh, you know, especially through sports and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it was so funny because when I got there, I had I came around black people that were like, I've literally never been around white. Like I came, my town was all or the city was all black people. I went to an all black high school. So when they got there, it was definitely like fish out of water right. type thing. And I felt like I was almost like the Hey man, I've been around them. It's all right. Like, you know, I'll guide you through. <laughs> and I was the opposite. Like I, when I met black people that were like, oh my God, there's so many white people here. I've never seen, I'm like, keep your guard up. They're crazy. Anything can happen at any time. Don't keep your eyes down. They might stuff you in a locker. You're going to hear a couple N words. Oh, you know what I mean? Like it was, for me, it was just different. And I, you know, I, I loved my, my high school. I did, but it was definitely trout swimming upstream. I actually got accepted to um, Howard. Oh, wow. And to Hampton. And my dad was like adamant. I didn't get a full scholarship, though. I only got a partial scholarship to Hampton. um, And I only got a partial scholarship to Howard as well. But my dad was like, no, full scholarship or you have to stay here. Wow. Um, Because he just thought I was going to go out there. I I think he thought I was going to get pregnant, you know, right off top, which might have been true because I hadn't been, (laughs) you know, around. I hadn't dated. 
I had never dated at wow. this point. Like I didn't date till I got to college because wow. there was no black people around. So wow. he might have been on to something. Right. I might have like, Dad, I've been here for ten minutes. I'm pregnant. Right. <laughs> so not entirely wrong. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, my dad was like, Nah, you gonna stay here where I can keep an eye on you, man. So, yeah. Shout out, shout but, out to that. Well, I was going to say uh, with the other thing that you said about uh, with people saying like, oh, like uh, his dad's LeBron. Like, why does he have to get a scholarship? Mm -hmm. What I found and I mean, just in reading and even like people that you go that I went to school with who were like maybe came from like prominent families or rich mm -hmm. families. Sometimes they want to do stuff by by the themselves, yeah. you know, and get the right. And like, if you Make go, you play, you get a scholarship. That means like schools recognize like, hey, man, you are, are worth this scholarship. We right. think it's, you know, versus just, oh, well, yeah, I could probably, my dad could probably pay for me to go right. anywhere. But it's just something about that. Hey, I worked for this. My dad couldn't, you know, mm -hmm. do, you know, I, now obviously like his name, all that kind of stuff. Who knows that? But the fact that if you have the talent, people aren't just giving out scholarships right. if you, I mean, we could look at the SC thing. We'll, we'll exclude that. Yeah, so yeah. that's all the stuff. But generally, especially you're talking like uh, Division One or you know higher level basketball. I mean, they just can't like waste scholarships on right. people. You know, generally. So I think LeBron. He seems like he'd be the perfect person to kind of start a tide like that because I feel like I bet you there's a lot of athletes who who maybe have thought about it, had feelings mm -hmm. like you, but they're just like I just can't. Because they don't want to risk, risk because it's so hard exactly. to get into the NBA, the exactly. NFL. So you don't want to risk. Because it's all about that exposure. Right. I need to be seen. I need to be on TV. Who's on TV? Mm -hmm. The Carolinas, the Kentuckys, mm -hmm. you know, even just big name like a UCL. You know you're going to get seen. And like you said, if your goal's NBA, I, I, I got to get out It's a very na narrow stream. So I, I, I understand. But I'm mm -hmm. telling you, we need a tight Oh, for sure. And I, and I, see, I feel like he would be the one who yeah. would just be like, you know what? I'm going to buck the trend. Yeah. I'm going. Let's and then, like it. you said, if that could be the start of maybe other kids being like, well, man, if he, and especially if there's success. Right. Which, I mean, see, it's, and auto that's, and it's that's automatic different. success. It's automatic revenue for whatever HBCU they go that's to because say. all these cameras are there. You know, it's the right. same thing. I mean, LeBron, no, there was no high school kids on TV when LeBron was in, was in oh, school. No. But then all of a sudden, here go to oh, small man. town that all of a sudden these people are coming. You know, it generates a certain buzz, which right. automatically generates revenue. So I think it's a good thing. A lot of these schools... Um, you know, I first thing I thought of was Grambling because you know they're known for like their halftime shows, right, their football team. Right. But then, you know, shout out to Nick Hamilton who kind of broke it down and educated me. Their facilities are trash. Mm. So when you're talking about going, it reminds me of the Water Boy. You know yes. what I mean? Like yep. the you can't. It's hard to be successful when your facilities don't allow you to oh, be successful. Oh, for sure. So and I think, like you said, a lot of times when these kids go on recruiting trips, I mean, that's what they're looking. They're right. like. Especially, I'm a, I'm a top tier talent. And right. I'm gonna come to. What's this outhouse y'all got? Right. <laughs> and they said right. that's. They said like for even uh, I know like with, uh, in college football, especially in like being here in L.A. with the Pac-12, they were like places like Oregon, mm -hmm. who's up, uh, you know, Phil Knight, Nike's up behind. They were like, it is like amazing when you go up there. Right. So they were like, they get a lot of talent from L.A. to right. come up, you know, because it's like, yeah, you gonna be seen, you gonna be on TV. Look where you get to work out. Right. The facilities, all this. And though, and that's and a lot of that stuff gets built when you're on TV. Mm -hmm. You get those big, you know, you get that money coming in, and then it's like, yeah, we can build up stuff, make it nice, and then we get better recruits, and it's just a big cycle. Right. You know? And I'm sure, like same way with the the Alabamas, we just had the Clemsons, like yep. all those programs, like top. Look how huge! Stuff. I mean, it was like being at the Super Bowl. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's that. Those people pay for those tickets. Oh yeah. So that's what I'm saying. We we have to we have to start the tide. But shouts out to Bronny for and and Zaire. Right. You know, you guys are out there balling, and I and First I. First of all, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like you said, uh, with high school kids being yeah. on TV. 
first Sierra Canyon. Like they're right. on ESPN. Like, Yo, like they're a normal like college team. And I tried team. to get tickets. Like, I cannot get tickets. I'm like, this is high school. What you mean? My brother and I. Tried, my brother actually hit me up last week. He was like, hey, this was about a couple weeks ago. Sierra Canyon's playing at like Pasadena City College. Like, you want to go? Like, he's like, but we got to get our tickets. And I'm like, this is a high school game right. that you're talking about. And they playing in like college you know stadiums or if there's on the tour they go to with everywhere they play is just packed out you're like wow just how things have changed from- it's crazy because you think like ucla right so ucla has a women's basketball team mm-hmm. obviously which i i try to go to at least a couple ucla games a year for the women's basketball um but i don't ever get my tickets ahead of time right like I, <laughs> like, like it never even dawns on me because usually right. it's a last minute thing something will come up on my notifications and i'll have some free time and i'm like oh let me go over there and it's literally walk up walk almost to the floor mm. you know what i mean and so when you think about these high school kids and i have to really look at my calendar and plan far far ahead just to maybe get right. tickets <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy to me. And and actually talk about turning the tide. Like Sierra can't like I went to school out in Pasadena, like small private school. And so that's what Sierra Sierra Canyon was like before Bronnie and them showed up. I had never heard of me either. Sierra Canyon. They were not and then I didn't all even of a know sudden, that was a it was a place. <laughs> I think when uh like Kenyon Martin's kid went mm-hmm. there. I think Scotty Pippen's, Scotty Pippen's kid goes there. When they started going, all mm-hmm. of a sudden they just like blew up, and then all you have people transferring in, and you're like, "What is going right. on?" Like all that, you know. And it's just so funny. Like you said, probably five, seven years ago, it was like no, some yeah. Sierra Canyon. Yeah. Now it's like national power number one. Right. We got celebrity kids and all like people transferring from other states coming to the school. Right. Like, okay. But so. shouts out to them. But you know, this is we now know who's going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. All right. So as I. Pre- predicted mm. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. I, I called this in preseason, mm. and I want my credit, man. I called it. You did. You did. I did. So, is anybody surprised? Right. Yeah, is, is anybody surprised? <laughs> and like, call, call something special, Jackie. No, this is good. I love it. I love well, it. I, and that's what I think everybody... I think that's what everybody wants, you yeah. know, because first of all, people love offense. Right. And they supply it, you yep. know, and I mean, just all over the field, especially on the offensive side, they got playmakers. Yep. Pat Mahomes just, dude just does his thing. I he mean, does. You can be And he does it so effortlessly. Yes. Like, you know, he's not having these sophomore blues that a lot of people have clearly because, you know, look how far he's gotten right. in the playoffs. And he's just so team oriented as well and he's a good leader i love seeing him on the sidelines when things do kind of go awry he's the first one like hyping people up let's get it let's not get down we're still in this let's get it oh yeah i i i love him i've been calling him a baby tom brady for such a long time and i but even Tom Brady has said, though, that Patrick Mahomes right now is doing things that he could never do. Mm. So when oh, Tom I mean, Brady says that, then I'm like, okay, look at the baby goat. Baby say, goat. When dudes be throwing no look football passes, right. when he, I saw him, I was like, what? I mean, I mean, obviously you see that in like basketball, right. people throwing like the ah, but when this dude's looking here and like, oh, I'm gonna throw over. Right. Like, like, I've never seen you, that kind of stuff. I was like, he got a camera in his right. helmet. Like, who even thinks <laughs> to do that? You know? So, and like right. you said, his. I feel like he's just in the right system. He's got mm-hmm. the right coach. And like you said, they are just a machine. I mean, last week against Houston, when you thought, oh, okay, 24-0. Yeah. It was actually funny because my, my wife had turned off the TV. She's like, I'm switching. When she this, was this singing the wrong, song. <laughs> right, the wrong song. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, it's 24-0. And I was like, mm. And I was because I, I had come in from somewhere. And she's like, oh, I was still like the first guy. I was like, it's a lot of game left. Yeah. And I was like, Kansas City's no, I mean, it just takes them. And you, and speaking of being a leader, you saw Pat Mahomes on the sideline. He's like, we just need one. Right. Like, get it together. All the, right. And when they did, 
I mean, it was like, hey, we firing on all cylinders. You can't. Yeah, and I was um, I was helping my friend move, and it was like, okay, I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta watch this Kansas City game. You on you on? And it was like, oh no, they're losing. They lose. What? What did I say? <laughs> like I have to go, <laughs> and because I just knew in my heart. And even you know, I know this is gonna sound so sentimental, but even if they did lose, I just wanted to be there. I wanted to be there for them. But I am super excited about it, and I think this is the way that it's supposed to go. Shout out to the 49ers, Here though. We go. We're Here we going go. to face the can. I gotta say, I didn't see that one coming. I thought it was gonna be a giant State Farm commercial mm. um, with Green Bay Packers, but obviously it makes sense because. Garoppolo is doing everything that I, Bill Belichick probably thought he would do because let's not forget that That's Bill true. Belichick kind of wanted to stay with Jimmy and move on from Tom Brady. But Robert Kraft was like, nah. So Belichick is probably like, see, this, this, right. this is what I'm this talking about. This is what I'm talking about. This could have been, you know? So, yeah. And yeah, no, it's um, like you said, yeah, shout out to porn star Jimmy, <laughs> as I call him. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a. It'll be interesting because that Niner defense against that Mahomes mm-hmm. offense, I mean, someone's got to someone's got to give. Someone's you know? gotta, yeah. Either they're going to get to him and, and get to Mahomes or he's just Mahomes. And I think the Niners have the advantage defensively. Oh, for so sure. I think the key, um, Kansas City Chiefs defense has got to step up, number one. You got to, they need, they need a sack and they need it early. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They need it. They need to get off the ball, get that sack. They also need to score quick, you know, get that momentum in your favor right. because let's not underestimate the power of going it to the half up. Oh. Like that's, that's a, that's, that's a mental advantage. Right. You know what I mean? So, but I think Patrick Mahomes, I think for him, it's, he needs to understand that this is his sophomore experience. This is a huge stage. He needs to not let the bright lights, the pressure get to him. He needs to just act like this is a regular season game, which I get that's going to be hard to do because now we got, you know, Super Bowl week and all that right. stuff. So I get that that's going to be hard to do, but he needs to figure out a way to find his Zen. Now, look, one of the ways you might need to do that, Patrick, and I'm not trying to throw shade, but you you, you need to leave your girl at home. Oh, she got to stay at home. She got to stay at home. But, you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? She you, can't be anywhere. No, the, oh, no. She, wow. She, no, no. Wow. You okay. can call her, you know, like, I love you, you know, but after you win. But she she got to Jackie's like, I need you to focus. I'm so Maybe, sorry. No, yes, no, yes. no distraction. Mm-mm. Well, I'm, I'm thinking it, it'll be, um, it's going to be interesting because I think the way that you stop the Mahomes offense is don't even let them get on the field. And the right. 49ers have a very good run game. They're all about that just pound, pound, pound. So kind of that ball control. Mm-hmm. And that's the one way that they can kind of slow Mahomes and them down. Yeah, and and I you, feel if they don't put up a lot of points, like if the Chiefs aren't scoring, like they could be, like you said, one, you're tiring out that Chiefs defense. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, you're just methodically, hey, like let's just keep them off the field. And if that defense maybe gets a couple three and outs, like you said, that could be... That's a game changer. That could be the big one. So hopefully y'all win the coin toss. Right. Uh, <laughs> That's what it comes and, down to. And, and stop. You better put a lot of analytics into heads or tails. Which way the wind will right, go on the know? flip. Yeah, you guys might yes, need to sir. think about that. But I'm excited. I'm excited for the Super Bowl. It's been a long time since, you know, because I, I didn't watch the NFL for two years. You right. know what I mean? So... For, you know, for other reasons, which if you guys follow me on social media, as you should, you you know, those reasons are. So I am excited about this. But like I said before, I am very excited about the XFL because they just look like they about to come out here. And it better be everything that that commercial makes it oh, seem man. like it's going to be. Yeah, I better see. Yeah, if it's see, a letdown, you'd be like. Oh, you bastards. You go sit down. <laughs> you don't give me my money back on my. No. Uh, <laughs> well, right. speaking of which, like you said, I'm excited, too, because first of all, it's still it's more football. Right. You know. 
it's an exciting kind of like you said it's different mm-hmm. than traditional uh nfl it's actually it's very affordable for right. those of you you know if you want the if you have a team in your area you know we have one in LA. yes we do and uh you know that very uh like you said kind of just works with the family budget you know yep. like uh and go out and see some, uh, like you said, see some excitement. I'm excited because I I was actually listening to an interview where they had one of the XFL executives. He was talking about some of the new rules um, that they're going to implement that they've actually, from looking, he said, from looking at some of the NFL games, he was like, why are some of the rules in the NFL like rules? Right. And he was like, some of them were like from back in the day. And he's like, why is that still a rule? You right. know, and he was like, well, we don't have to do that. So he's like, we want the game to be more fluid. We want it to just, you know... He's like, there's a lot of wasted time in some of the NFL games. Obviously, you have like, whether it's the timeouts or the commercials. All that. Mm-hmm. He was like, we just want to keep things moving. Mark Cuban said about 10 years ago mm-hmm. that the NFL probably wouldn't make it much, much longer. Ooh. You know what I mean? He said that at some point, the NFL was going to go away. Interesting. And I agreed with that wholeheartedly when he said it. And everybody's like, oh, it'll never go away. But I for two reasons. I didn't, I definitely saw a... You know, the the different in the way that black players are treated in the league versus white players. I, I did see that coming to a head at some point, especially since we dominate the league. But more than that, I just saw the NFL was getting greedy. And that's what Mark Cuban said. He was like, mm. um, pigs eat or hogs. Some, oh, yeah, get slaughtered. Get slaughtered something or something, like, yeah. something like that, he said. But then you start seeing, and I think it's it's when you openly show that you don't give a damn about your players – it's a problem. It's and problems. when you have West Coast teams flying to East Coast and vice versa, because you know whoever travels the farthest usually is the one who oh, loses a, yeah. because they're they're tired. And with it's such a physical sport, and you're putting not only that strain on their body, but now also this traveling. And then you're going to double down and say, hey, you know what? Damn East West, let's send you across the pond. Right. <laughs> right. Like that's just too much to me. Right. It's Monday and Thursday. Now I got to figure out, okay, what am I going to do at work so I can get off, especially if it's my team playing? Well, how am I going to get off work early? And I think right. if you really consider that the average person in America has a job right. <laughs> then and make it easier for them to watch the games, if you start, then then your revenue will go up. Mm. Anytime you make it easier and better for the consumer, your oh, yeah. revenue goes up. And I think that a lot of the things that the NFL, because ain't nobody getting up at seven o'clock in the morning right. when you go across the pond to watch these games. Right. It's stupid. Well, like you said, and I feel like the reason they even get, got to the Thursday night, it was like, well, let's just give them more. Right. And they'll just watch it and doesn't matter about the product because right. they'll just go, you know, and then after a while, I think, like you said, people are like, no, I don't. Right. This is not, you know, this is not accepted. But it's there's such a big conglomerate and just, you know, it's the NFL. I mean, I, I feel like people just accept it. But really, like you said, the, the actual product compared to the normal Sunday games right. or whatever. It's not the same. And they're just pushing it. And just and like you said, now, like, hey, let's expand it to mm-hmm. overseas and all this stuff. And, and then the ratings plummet. And you're like, it's Colin Kaepernick's fault. No, it's not. Right. <laughs> it is your fault. Cap's like, what? I'm, I just, was, <laughs> I, I'm just sitting down, minding my own business. Right. Y'all doing this extra stuff. <laughs> no. But... Again, uh, I know we went a little long, but thank you so much, Tanir, for hey, coming and for being with me. me on the show. I need you guys to do me a favor, though. I need you to follow me on all things social media at JRayTheFanatic. Tanir, tell them one more time where they can find Again, you. Again, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at TanirW. That's at T-E-N-E-R-E-W. And I need you guys to go ahead and go to the YouTube channel. The description is in, well, the link is in the description because we're going to do some exclusive 
YouTube only content. So some Y'all behind know. the scenes stuff. Once again, I am Jackie Ray. Thanks for checking in with us at the half. We will see you next week. With a mean Love got me dripping some green bottle sipping church. I can't help it if I have a lot of things. Shorty get low in your apple bottom jeans. Boots with the fur got my Michael J's.